everyone. This podcast is for informational purposes only, information relating to investment approaches or, oh, sorry, let me read that again. Where is it? This podcast is for informational purposes only, information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsements. Any views expressed in this podcast are based upon the information available at the time and are subject to change. Hello, Darren. How are you today? Great. And yourself? I'm good. Um, So do you want to introduce yourself again to our new listeners for today's podcast? Yeah, sure. So my name is Darren Young. Uh, I'm a postdoc at the Structural Genomics Consortium in Toronto, Canada, and I'm working as a postdoc in the field of early stage drug discovery. Amazing. Thank you. So today uh, our podcast will cover uh, a company in specific. Uh, We have been looking at uh, Marinus Therapeutics. It had came to our attention because Michael Berry, the famous investor that shorted the 2008 financial crisis, have purchased um, the Marinus pharmaceutical stock uh, at $3.95 for 297,000 shares. And we want to know whether or not this is something uh, that is worth investing in. And so we have Darren here who will share with us their latest technology and uh, some biology lessons as well. Um, So before we get started, uh, do you want to give us some um, background knowledge about what Marinus Therapeutic does and maybe some biology background for the audience to have a baseline understanding of their science? Yeah, sure. I can do that. So Marinus Pharmaceuticals is a clinical stage pharmaceutical company that develops therapies for treating rare seizures and central nervous system disorders such as status epilepticus, turbulosis sclerosis complex, and CDKL5 deficiency disorder. Um, So in order to understand their pipeline as informed investors, we should understand the biology of how their lead candidate works in order to evaluate their business, right? So uh, I'll just give the audience a quick like five minute biology lesson and then talk about uh, Marinus's lead candidate, how it's intended to work, uh, present some of their recent clinical results, and then get into the value proposition, looking into the investment drivers and risks. So in order to better understand their business, we need to have a basic understanding of the science or neurology behind it. So. Um, as a very basic description of how neurons work and, and how seizures occur, the brain is made up of billions of cells called neurons. And these neurons are cells in the brain that take up sensory information from the outside world and relay the signal to the rest of the body. For example, your, your eyes capture light information and relay that information through neurons to the brain for processing, which then gets relayed as a response to the muscles to perform certain actions. Um, so these neurons communicate through these um, small gaps called synapses uh, using chemicals called neurotransmitters. 
these neurotransmitters are released from the presynaptic neuron and travel across the synapse to the postsynaptic neuron where it binds to a neurotransmitter specific receptor. And binding of these neurotransmitters to a corresponding receptor causes these downstream events in the postsynaptic neuron to produce either an excitation or an inhibitory signal. And normally the, the brain is balanced by these two states, excitation or an inhibition. But during a seizure, there is an abnormal increase in excitation signals, which causes the uncontrolled muscle movement uh, that occurs during seizures. Therefore, we can potentially treat seizures by either decreasing excitation or increasing the rate of inhibition. And um, one of the most well-studied ways of inhibiting neuron signaling is through the GABA pathway, uh, which is what Marinus Pharmaceuticals is targeting with their lead candidate. So GABA is a neurotransmitter that is released by the presynaptic neuron and binds to GABA receptors on the postsynaptic neuron. When GABA is bound to these GABA receptors, it decreases the intensity of the signal relay and ultimately lowers the excitability in the brain. Um, so this ultimately causes a decrease in the intensity or frequency of these seizures. At the synapse, there are two types of GABA receptors, one that sits at the synapse, which are called synaptic GABA receptors, and the second type are called extrasynaptic GABA receptors, which sit around the periphery of the synapse. And these two receptors promote different types of signaling. So um, the synaptic type is responsible for relaying rapid signal response, while the extrasynaptic receptors are responsible for slower response. So the current frontline standard of care is giving seizure patients a drug called benzodiapine. So this drug selectively binds to synaptic GABA receptors, which in turn mediate signal dampening. The problem is that during continuous or uncontrolled seizures, these synaptic receptors are downregulated at the postsynaptic neuron, which means that there's less receptors at the postsynaptic neuron for the drug to act on and therefore can't have an inhibitory effect. And this ultimately translates to patients being or less likely to respond to benzodiazepine and require other means of therapy. So Marinus' solution to this problem is that they're developing a drug called Ginaxalone. Ginaxalone is a neuroactive steroid that functions as an anticonvulsive and anti-epileptic drug. And this drug works by binding to both synaptic and extrasynaptic GABA receptors. So in principle, Ginaxalone's activity against both types of these receptors may allow it to give an overall increase in inhibitory effects during seizures. And Arenas is currently investigating Ginaxalone in several epileptic indications, such as uh, CDK L5 deficiency disorder, status epilepticus, and tuberosis sclerosis complex. And um, most of their clinical advancements have been focused on the CDK L5 deficiency disorder. Hmm, that is very interesting. So it seems like this is a very new solution to seizure. So in your opinion, um, what were some of the other solutions in the past for seizure and how revolutionary is this technology? 
Yeah, so there's actually several companies that are developing GABA-specific inhibitors. Some include Engage Therapeutics, Catalyst Pharmaceuticals, um, Ovid Therapeutics. Um, these are all companies that are actively targeting or developing drugs that are specifically aimed at inhibiting or active modulating these GABA receptors in order to decrease uh, neurotransmission. And these uh, companies have various different mechanisms of approach to modulating these GABA receptors. So one mechanism is to, for Ovid Therapeutics, for example, they are modulating a modulator of uh, GABA receptors. So these companies are taking different approaches um, with different routes of application in order to kind of get a broad reach of being able to treat both acute and chronic patients. Um, because so traditionally, or what's currently being performed right now is that patients are given anti-seizure drugs, and these are mainly aimed at treating the symptoms. But as our understanding of how these seizures occur, we're developing more targeted therapies to eventually treat patients or treat these um, causes at the source. So right now, a lot of these companies are developing these drugs that they actually currently don't have a strong understanding of the mechanism of actions right now. So in the case of uh, Marinus Pharmaceuticals, <clears throat> they have a drug that is, uh, I guess, pan-selective against for these GABA receptors. And it still remains to be seen uh, whether the effect of targeting the extrasynaptic receptors has a big beneficial effect in reducing the overall um, efficacy of the drug or reducing the uh, seizure frequency. So mm -hmm. looking at um, Galaxalone's or Marinus Pharmaceuticals uh, phase three clinical trial, um, they're currently exploring um, its indication or its use as a adjuvant therapy for patients that don't respond to first line treatments like benzodiapine. So in one of their latest uh, phase three clinical trials, for example, they enrolled uh, a total of 101 pediatric patients from ages two to 19. And these patients all had confirmed cases of pathogenic CDKL5 mutations for um, CDD. So in this clinical studies, um, they performed six weeks of baseline measurements where patients were randomized to receive either the oral form of galaxalone or a placebo for 17 weeks. Um, and this was done in conjunction with existing anti-seizure treatment. And in their top line results, they reported that galaxalone demonstrated um, a 28% reduction in major motor seizure frequency compared to the placebo, which um, this change uh, was correlated with increasing dosing. And what they also found was that the oral form of galaxalone was generally well tolerated um, with the most common adverse event being drowsiness or minor fevers. 
And approximately 50% of these patients experience similar levels of adverse events across low to high dosing regimens, which indicates that there's a weak correlation between the exposure of the drug and the emergence of these adverse events. So it's relatively safe. However, um, it's worth noting that less than 5% of the patients had to discontinue the trial due to the development of bronchitis or pneumonia aspiration. Hmm. That is actually very, very interesting. So it seems like their product is, is, um, is quite strong and quite innovative in this space. But in terms of the actual underlying business, like, what are your findings um, about the, the drug itself, the clinical trials results? Yeah, so my impressions is that um, their sample size for a phase three clinical trial is very small, but um, it is kind of in the nature of being in the business of rare diseases, right? Yeah, rare diseases affects a very small part population of um, your treatable patient population. So you're not going to have that much patients to, or a big pool to draw patients from to do these um, clinical studies. <clears throat> um, so what Marinus is also doing is exploring um, different formulations of galaxone to, in order to expand their therapeutic reach. So in one of their most, another recent uh, phase two clinical trial is that um, they're investigating galaxalone to treat status epi epilepticus, which um, for patients that have not responded well to first line benzodiapine or second line anti-epileptic drugs. And the phase two trial enrolled 17 patients, adult patients that had uh, previously failed two or more treatment options. And uh, this trial aimed to look at the safety and tolerability and dosing of galaxalone, intravenous galaxalone. And in this trial, their top line results, they show that um, the reduction of seizures with people that were administered galaxalone saw a, a reduction in seizures within 15 minutes of treatment, but only with the high dosing regimen where they did they see a, a greater than 80% reduction over the 24 hours. And when looking at the uh, adverse events, they noted that six patients experienced, um, or there were 10 reported adverse events across six patients. And these include severe sedations that lead to early discontinuation. But um, comparing galaxalone with these other anti-seizure drugs, it's a common adverse event. It's a common adverse event uh, to see sedation uh, with these class of drugs. So overall, the drug is seems pretty um, safe and is showing um, efficacy in terms of reducing um, seizure frequency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they actually focus on a very niche and rare disease market. 
I do see this uh, being quite common in the biotech industry that they first uh, focus on very niche and um, and one's particular disease and then build their portfolio on top of it or they try to get acquired by a big biotech company like the Pfizer or the AstraZeneca. So um, do you think it's a good strategy for them to focus on this uh, this rare disease? Like, is there actually a good market to maintain profitability and make money later on? Yeah, so one of Marinus's investment drivers is that uh, they are trying to expand the label of Galaxalone to cover other rare genetic epilepsies and other kind of these central nervous system disorders. And they're doing this by either expanding their oral application or also developing different formulations like the intravenous uh, form. So they're approaching this problem by expanding um, their use cases, but also expanding the way they're delivering it to better reach both acute and chronic patients. Um, but being in the business of rare diseases, uh, you do have a very small market size, which is one of the investment risks. Um, so due to um, seizures being a rare disease, there's a very small target market and therefore a very low population of paying customers. Um, so their, one of their current goals is to build a sustainable franchise in rare epilepsies in the U.S. right now. Um, they're focusing um, Galaxalone as an adjuvant therapy for patients that don't respond to first-line treatments. Um, but looking at the market size within the U.S., EU, and Japan combined, there's approximately 8,000 to 10,000 CDC patients, 4,000 of which are in the U.S. So it is a very fairly small treatable population. And in order to recover their R&D costs, they might have to price in a large margin for their drug. However, having said that, um, looking at the company's financials, they are doing relatively well for a small cap biotech company. So they do have milestone-based cash flows in place to supplement their operating total cash operating, um, total amount of cash they have to operate with. So based on some regulatory milestones with a CDD, um, they're eligible to receive up to 75 million um, through the second half of 2022. And an additional 50 million is available based on Galaxalone specific milestones. And um, certain agencies have taken an interest in this drug and they are offering support in its uh, clinical development. So, for example, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, or BARDA, is set to contribute $21 million of development funding for the intravenous form of Galaxalone for their phase three trials, as well as potentially sponsoring preclinical studies for Galaxalone as a potential treatment as a uh, um, for nerve gas exposure. So based on these milestones, um, BARDA may contribute up to an additional 30 million in support of manufacturing supply and 
kind of clinicatory and regulatory activities for um, Marinus. Mm-hmm. So although it is quite a niche and small market, they seem to have the profit margin for the rare disease treatment figured out, and they have a decent plan on achieving certain milestones to continue that cash flow. So that is actually quite promising. I think uh, the pricing there is definitely quite an interesting topic because they need to be um, affordable, but I do think a lot of um, insurance companies do need to cover that. So they might get um, certain pricing according to that as well. Um, so in terms of like other investment drivers, are there anything else other than um, the ones you've mentioned that could push the stocks in either way? And what are the associated risks uh, with the company? Yeah, so one thing that Marinus has going for it is that um, they have a very long patent lifespan ahead of them. Um, so for their, both for their oral formulations and intravenous formulations of Galaxalone, um, they have patents that are lasting well into 2040s. So if this Galaxalone ever does get approved, they will have a significant amount of years of market exclusivity before these generics can kind of eat into their, their market. However, having said that, um, they still have a ways to go in terms of um, figuring out the pricing strategy of this drug because uh, based on some rough napkin math, Glaxone has a very poor pharmacoeconomics. So based on their dosing regimens and their current clinical styles I just talked about, uh, both the oral and intravenous regimens are expected to be quite costly, which may hinder community uptake and therefore sales. So as an example, 25 milligrams of Glaxone from Cayman, which is a, a chemical manufacturer, costs about... 281 US dollars. And at a maximum dose of 1800 milligrams a day, that would cost patients $20,000 per day or 7.4 million dollars annually. Um, in contrast, the, the high dose of intravenous galaxalone would cost about $8,000 per day or $3 million annually. And if you compare it to these other frontline drug treatments uh, or anti-epileptic anti seizure drug tre treatments, um, a benzodiapine generic uh, Librium can cost about $20 per 30 milligrams of capsules. But so the price to performance ratio has not been determined yet, but from face value, it is priced relatively quite high. And based on the numbers, right now without large-scale manufacturing in place it's probably priced out of most people's willingness to pay but factoring the cost of the drug treatments the therapies the post-therapeutic um, management um, it remains to be seen what the total cost reduction of glaxone can have on the total hospital bills compared to the current standard of care right now <clears throat> mm -hmm. And 
Another risk would be that if you look at the company's corporate strategy, um, they really they all really only have Glaxolone in their pipeline. Um, their entire corporate strategy is to leverage Glaxolone and capitalize on its on its uses in as many indications as possible. And Marinus is currently exploring different opportunities to improve formulation and find new ways to use the drug, but the lack of non-Glaxolone products in its pipeline is a point of liability. And uh, if Glaxolone fails, uh, it's going to significantly hurt the ability, the company's ability to absorb any financial impacts from these candidate failures. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So in conclusion, like combining all of those facts that you've shared about uh, Marina's capital uh, with its current price right now at around $15 per share, uh, what's your investment recommendation? Yeah, so compared to um, Marinus's uh, competitors, it is the farthest along in clinical development. So based on this information, uh, we see that um, Marinus is currently developing um, galaxalone as an anti-seizure drug, which does not currently have a disease-specific treatment yet. And it has shown positive results from both its formulation forms. So the oral form is seen to reduce uh, major motor seizures by 50%, where the intravenous formulation was able to deliver a sustained 80% reduction in seizures with most common participants being sedation. So looking at these positive line results, looking at the company's uh, corporate strategy, looking at its financial position. Although the clinical trials look promising, um, they do need to figure out the pharmacoeconomics in order for the drug to be actually be usable or uptaken by the community. So right now, um, my opinion is that um, Marinus, although Marinus does have kind of like a sound clinical candidate, it is not expected to deliver a high return just because of, you know, the pricing strategy has not been disclosed yet. And also in the rare disease space, you have a very small population, treatable population, and it's generally hard to get people to pay if your drug is costing you know, tens of thousands of dollars per day. So my recommendation is that it is not a good buy right now until we get more updated information on kind of their pricing strategy for this drug. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think here today, the stock has gone up 32%. Um, so that's quite a significant return. Uh, I think the time when Michael Berry bought this, it was only at um, $4, and he has made quite a profit from that. But I think a lot of those returns have been realized as well. Um, that was a very interesting and insightful tech. Thank you so much, uh, Darren.
is there anything else you want to share with um, audience today before we wrap up the podcast? Um, I think some advice for any kind of biotech investor is to really look at the, the fundamental science to really understand how their drug works in order to better assess their the company's business proposition and how they're going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good advice. Well, thank you so much, Darren. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. And this was the new finance. Bye, everyone.